Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Hey now, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. It was earlier this morning, the Republican candidate for mayor here in Marion County, going up against Joe Hogsett. His name's Jefferson Sharif. Did a long uh, 40-minute interview with the Kendall and Casey show. Jefferson Sharif, of course, put forth a public safety plan that includes gun control. Hammer, I know I was gone when this first went down, but the gun control aspect of this public safety plan is what everybody is concentrating on. So he went on the air today to kind of explain what it is he exactly he wants to do, what he's thinking. Uh, I, I thought he came off as believable. I mean, I think I don't think it's politics. I believe he th- thinks this could actually work. Uh, I do think it's a blunder for his campaign. I don't live in Marion County. My dad does. My family does. But um, I'm just wondering what you thought of today as a guy that lives in Marion County. Did anything uh, change your mind about the Shreve campaign? A couple things about Jefferson Shreve here. Number one, Maybe I'm the only one that picked up on this, but whenever Rob or Casey, who did the interview today, brought up the word pandering, he got really defensive. Would always bring it to Joe Hogsett, but he got really defensive at the term pandering. Wouldn't you? (laughs) Right. Uh, The other thing that I noticed was a couple times throughout the interview, he was trying to play this golly shucks, I'm still learning on the job, I'm still new at this kind of thing. All right, that's fine, but there are certain professions, certain jobs, you don't want to hear, I'm learning as I go. You don't want to hear your pilot say that, you don't want to hear a surgeon say that, and you don't want to hear the mayor of a crime-ridden city get up on a microphone on the most powerful radio station in the state, one of the biggest stations in the country, and basically say, eh, I'm kind of learning as I go. Yeah, you don't That's a problem. You don't want your candidate saying that. That's yeah, a problem that's... for me. So we're going to play you some audio clips, just in case you didn't get a chance to listen to the full interview on the Kendall and Casey show earlier. And by the way, I think, by all accounts, I've never met him. He sounds like a really nice guy, and there's the, all the parts of that public safety plan that I really, really respect and uh, think are a good good thing it's just boy this this needless blunder uh with the gun control with the getting rid of the constitutional carry with the the assault weapons ban with the raising the age limit to 21 right it was a win for hogset in the sense that i mean their hogset's campaign manager essentially came out and said well look he had like an aq rating like a high like number one rating from the nra a couple of years ago He's either lying to you to you now, or he's lying back then. One or the other. Right. And that comes off as being disingenuous uh, yeah. with the public here. And I don't want to hear the argument that, well, most of his plan is pretty good. How many bills in Washington, or even locally, have been struck down because of some radical, ridiculous bullcrap they try to put in the bill? Right? That happens all the time. And it takes away from everything else. It's the same thing here. So here are some highlights from earlier today. The question, why gun control? By conversations with our police leadership. So I've I've campaigned in the primary, and I'll continue to campaign on being supportive of our police community. 
look. So, so the so the IMPD is telling you this is what you need to do to make Indianapolis safer. This is a combination of all of those conversations that I talked about at the front end of this of, of our visit here, uh, in and around the nine townships of Indianapolis. But I told you from the very beginning he was going to use that excuse, right? Didn't I? I mean, I said that last week. He's going to use the excuse to say there are some police officers like Superintendent Doug Carter from the ISP, who did not want constitutional carry to pass. And uh, he's going to say, I stand with law enforcement. And i got to be honest with you, that's, uh, I mean, that's a good leg to stand on, don't you think? Do you buy it, though? Do you buy that that's what most members of law enforcement feel? Because I'm betting you a full dollar bill, Nige. I've got more friends that work in the front lines of law enforcement than Jefferson Shreve yeah. can name. And just because you've got Superintendent Carter who was saying what Holcomb wanted him to say, or the IMPD chief of police, who kind of has his you-know-what's in a vice grip by the mayor's office, ask any day-to-day officer. Most of them will tell you this is a non-factor in what they do for a living. Record homicides, record shootings a couple of years ago, and there was no such thing as constitutional carry. And now the Hogshead administration is doing, you know, you know, slapping each other on the back, patting each other on the ass because homicides are quote unquote down in this city, and that's after constitutional carry passed. Right. This is a non-conversation starter it, it, it with is. most members that actually get out there on the front lines and do law enforcement. All right, here's a little bit more from earlier today. Um, Shreve responds to Rob and says that he needs the WIBC audience, basically because he's running for office. Are you worried that the 80% that's great is getting totally overlooked because of this 20% that people are, let's face it, there's a lot of people who are not just upset, they're livid over it. Are you worried that the good stuff is getting drowned out because of this one portion of the plan? Sure. I need... I'm running for office. I I, I, I need support. <laughs> I need the I, your listeners are supporters by and large. I need them. I need support from beyond your listenership. I'm running to represent and manage this city. So I am not indifferent to how people view and respond to policy positions that I'm articulating as a candidate. So all of a sudden now you're on board with needing the WIBC audience. Because, man, I'm old enough to remember when your campaign advisor, Mark Lubbers, went on to social media ripping WIBC, ripping the hosts, ripping the people who listen to this radio station, and naming Guy Relford by name. But all of a sudden now, you need the WIBC listening audience? See, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. He comes off as disingenuous here, and in that same conversation, he brings up Guy Relford a little bit later on. Tools and accommodations that I am going to argue for that I think are specific to the challenges that we have right here at home. And, uh, you know, Zionsville is a world apart. A a guy, Rilford, uh, whom I don't know personally, but I certainly respect, lives up in Zionsville. My sister lives in Zionsville. The challenges of public safety in Zionsville are a world apart from other parts of this city. And as a mayoral candidate, I tell you what, I have been in parts of this city that are just so different in terms of what folks have to contend with as they send their kids out the front door. 
So if I mm. understand this correctly, Guy Relford's not allowed to have an opinion on constitutional law, the Second Amendment, because he lives in Zionsville? <laughs> Is that the philosophy I'm expected to understand here? Because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So, again, I wasn't a big fan of what I heard today. Nothing he really said changed my mind. And ultimately, Rob Kendall asked the question for people, not just me, but people like me. What do you say to people like Jason Hammer, who are indie lifers, who are really upset right now, who really want to support you, who really wanted to be a cheerleader for you, but are really, really hurt about the gun component of this plan? What is your message to them? How do you win them back? How do you get them to say, okay, Shreve is still our guy? Jason, don't write me off. Don't tune me out. Keep listening. Keep pushing. Keep challenging my assumptions and my thinking and my policy. Feedback. I will get better as I hear from more and more people and as I put this together. I'm a thoughtful guy that is listening and doing my damn best to articulate policy that will be actionable toward making Indianapolis better. I've got 14, 13 weeks to continue to articulate and make this case. And please stay with me as I head down this course because I want to make this city that we share better than it has been under a Joe Hogshead administration. So basically, I'm learning on the job. Give me a break. Shrugs his shoulders. I'm sorry. That's not good enough for guys like me. Now, I don't know what can change my mind. Perhaps if he comes out with a campaign and he spends money on actual TV commercials that ask where Joe Hogsett was during the riots. Was he in rehab? Was he drunk? Where was the mayor of Indianapolis? TV commercials that say that. Maybe, just maybe, I'll consider it. But as of right now, I don't believe him. I think he comes off as disingenuous. I think he comes off as a guy that will say anything to pander, and I know he hates that word, pander to certain audiences just to get their votes. And it doesn't appear he's getting yours as of yet. Not yet. So, if you want to weigh in on what you heard in that interview today, if you listened to it earlier today on the Kendall and Casey show, tweet at us, Facebook, at Hammer and Nigel, we have an email address. Uh, what is it? Hammer and Nigel at WIBC.com. Absolutely. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. By the way, that uh, Delaware judge threw out Hunter's sweetheart plea deal. Hunter Biden set to plead guilty to uh, misdemeanor tax fraud charges, and the gun charge was in there. It's going to go away with some sort of diversion program. Uh, one thing that happened was that the prosecution said there's still an, another ongoing investigation involving Hunter Biden, but they wouldn't say what it involved. The judge didn't want to give Hunter Biden immunity from any sort of future prosecution, which was kind of what this was involving, and it just blew up. So now, you know, there could be a deal tomorrow. Who knows? We'll keep you updated. Right. But it's kind of refreshing because we don't see it around here in Indy very often, a sweetheart plea deal being taken away. Somebody suggesting a sweetheart plea deal, and then the judge saying, yeah, no, we're not doing this, at least not right now. Um, Shaping up to be another hot one today. I like it. 
You're a big uh, heat guy. You're ready for the I heat. I like getting out there and sweating, man. Except like when I'm on my way to work and I'm trying to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to rally the kids to get into the truck to take them to, the, to, to my in-laws and I like I have to chase them around the yard. Yeah, I start to break out of <laughs> that part before I go uh, to work. But yeah, but getting home, I love it. And I love being out in the heat year. index around 100 already tomorrow could be a temperature close to 100. Not heat index, temperature. Same thing with Friday. As of right now, the forecast calls for Friday's high to be 99. So the heat is on. And if you're looking for some ways to stay cool, the first lady of WIBC, Terry Stacy, has some advice for you. And now, Hammer and Nigel present Summer Safety with Terry Stacy. The very best way to beat the heat on on a hot summer day is by pouring 40 ounces of old Milwaukee right down the front of your underpants. <laughs> summer safety with Terry Stacy. That would feel refreshing. You don't even have to be hot to do that. <laughs> Speaking from experience here. It's kind of a waste of beer, though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, man, it's been a really long time since we've had our next guest on the program, Nige. Yeah. I thought we might be done with this person. But they're back, better than ever. Please welcome into the studio, Sexual Harassment Panda. I want to see you. Sexual Harassment Panda is here. He's brought his big wheel of names. Mr. Panda, reach up there, grab that wheel, and give it a spin. Okay, I see Harvey Weinstein's name passing that, and oh, Kevin Spacey. Oh man, I hadn't heard his name in a while. Is he in trouble again? He's acquitted again. This wow. time in the UK sexual assault case, Kevin Spacey has been cleared of sexual assault charges following a four-week trial in London. Now, if you remember, last year, Kevin Spacey was also acquitted of sexual battery charges in New York. He has expressed interest in returning to acting. Hey, look, I love him as an actor. I don't know, you know, he, they killed him off in House of Cards, so there's right. no coming back from that the Netflix show, which I loved. Um, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's not one of my favorite actors, but he is a really good kick-ass actor. Right. Uh, L.A. Confidential. Usual Suspects. Uh, I mean, Seven. The movie Seven with Brad Pitt. If we, yes. You know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's never seen the movie, but... Uh, American Beauty. Yeah, American Beauty. Uh, and he, uh, again, the most underrated Kevin Spacey movie, I talk about it every Christmas, is The Ref with Dennis Leary. And Dennis Leary is a criminal, takes, uh, who plays, I forget who plays the, uh, Judy Davis plays Kevin Spacey's wife, and he takes him hostage and, and they're, <laughs> during the holidays. It's, re it's really one of the most underrated Kevin Spacey movies ever. It's really funny. I think my favorite Kevin Spacey cameo was in the second Austin Powers movie, <laughs> where they're making a movie of Austin Powers, and Tom he Tom Cruise is Austin Powers, and the Doctor Evil Dr. character Evil. is played by Kevin Spacey, yeah. and Danny DeVito was Mini Me, <laughs> and he flips off the camera. <laughs> so I'm curious uh -huh. to see if Hollywood is going to welcome back Kevin Spacey, like he was. 
you know, blacklisted for a long time during the Me Too movement. I'm going to say this. If Mel Gibson can make it back, I mean, we've all heard those voicemails back in the mid-2000s. Horrible racist things. Not only, you know, uh, on the Jewish side, but the black side. I mean, uh, race, he was a, uh equal opportunity offender, yes. <laughs> so to speak. I mean, just... I mean, if he can make it back and even be nominated for awards, right? I think I think probably Kevin Spacey, especially since he's been acquitted twice now. And if you're Kevin Spacey, you're probably thinking to yourself, "Wait a minute, Alec Baldwin keeps getting acting gigs. He had a high-profile voicemail screaming at his daughter, called her a snotty little pig or something yeah, like that." And I think I want to say allegedly used homophobic slurs against people in the press and stuff like that. And he killed someone. Oh yeah, there's that. There's that. Right. He killed someone and i think he's going back to finish the movie he's finishing rust right now so if those things can happen if there can be a rebirth for mel gibson and alec baldwin can keep getting gigs maybe kevin spacey can come back too the hammer nigel show i'm nigel hammers over there casey daniels from the kendall and casey show joining us live in studio for her weekly segment we like to call the side piece casey how are you i'm good how about you guys excellent heard the uh, long interview you did with the republican running for mayor against joe hogg said his name's jefferson sharif mm-hmm. a very controversial figure over the past couple of days after he rolled out his public safety plan part of that plan is to ban assault weapons in marion county raise the uh the age limit to 21 and get rid of constitutional carry mm-hmm. your uh, overall thoughts and impressions of the interview and how i mean it was a long interview right I it mean, was like an hour long almost yeah right? it was about 45 minutes we did go into three different segments a couple weeks ago i called for his uh public safety plan because i wanted to know where he stood on some things and then <laughs> i went on vacation and left town when he <laughs> released it um and i know a lot of people are really upset by points in his plan why are you looking at me casey understandably well why is everybody in the room looking at yeah, me well, because Guy Relford isn't here, so it's going to fall on you. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the interview went, he's 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 a very nice person. I think that he is taking everything personally, and I was curious about that. Is this just a political move, or is this personal? Because you know, uh, in the past, I don't know if it's still. Um, eligible, but he was an NRA member. Um, so was this a political move or a personal move? And I, I think that he's he's really trying to move some Democratic moderates over to his side, but it's coming at a cost of losing a lot of his base. So gut feeling here. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the proper thing to say on the radio, just a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. You had the guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like he's genuine? And do you feel like this whole gun grab thing was his idea or did that come from his advisors? I think it, okay, um, a gut feeling. I do think that he is very concerned about the city of Indianapolis. Uh, I think that is genuine. He said that he's been doing a lot of listening. He's been doing a lot of talking with people. Um, but I think that this is a combination of former plans, uh, Ballard, for example. And I think it's a combination of what he's heard from other people. Did he come up with this plan himself? Probably not all of it. I think he believes it. I believe, yeah, exactly. That answers your question, Hammer. I listened to the interview. I think he believes every word and of of what he was saying. Mm -hmm. So we're going to play a couple sound bites here from your interview earlier, Casey. This is where you and Rob both were trying to get some sort of resolution on why. Let's just for 
blanks and giggles here, say that he gets this gun grabber plan passed through. Why would any criminal uh, be scared of a fine? Because that's really what this whole thing would be about. They're not afraid of a shootout or going to prison. Why would they be afraid of a fine that they may not be accountable to pay? If they're going to break the law to shoot somebody, why would they? Why would they be worried about being arrested potentially for illegally owning a firearm? I think that's where people. Well, get- Rob, they need to be afraid. I mean, I mean, there need to be consequences for this, and and and. and- <laughs> We've gotten so soft on on crime and these consequences, and on solving these shootings. One point I made when on my roll last Thursday is that the solve rate on homicides has fallen from a high of eighty one percent down to the low thirties today. We need to get the, the we need to get the illegal guns and the violent offenders off of our streets. We need to prosecute them and keep them off the streets. But the consequences have become so inconsequential today that you've got an odds-on favorite of gunning someone down in Indianapolis and not getting picked up, not being identified, not getting picked up. Part of the reason that it's fallen is because the most talented police officers in the investigations of the detective corps they're the most, are, 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 are the veterans, and that's where we're bleeding that talent. So I didn't hear an answer to the question right there. I heard a pivot to mm-hmm. try and blame Ryan Mears, which, mm-hmm. yes. all right, there's, yeah, I mean, I there's something that. to that yeah. conversation. But you asked, why would somebody willing to shoot someone in cold blood mm-hmm. give a damn about a fine? Right. There's no teeth to what he wants to do, and there was no answer there. Yeah. No, I agree, and that's the point. If somebody isn't afraid about getting in a shootout, or they're not afraid about going to prison, or they're not afraid of dying, there's certainly not going to be deterred from someone threatening that they're going to have to pay an ordinance. Here's another uh, clip from your conversation earlier. This is where you were trying to get some insight on who he has been speaking with, Mm -hmm. if anybody, at the Indiana General Assembly, because Jefferson Sharif says, unlike Boss Hogsett, the gun grabber plan, which is the same as Hogsett, he could get it passed. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, who on the state legislature has made you believe that they're going to support your plan? No one from the state legislature has told me that they're going to do this. But I have pre- I have had conversations before I rolled out this public safety plan. I, I met with all of our Republican members of the Marion County delegation mm-hmm. to give them a heads up. Uh, and then after I rolled it out, you know, guys like Freeman and I back and forth, he doesn't agree with me. So, summary... He hasn't spoken to anybody, mm-hmm. but the local people he spoke with, the one guy disagrees. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, because he's trying to change the state law or or even a federal law. Okay. And I was curious, do you have a group of people who are in support of this? Name names. Who are they? And he clearly said he didn't have anybody. And then later I right. went to ask him, he said he's advocating, he would he would advocate for the city of Indianapolis. And I was curious, okay, one person advocating is great. But it's going to take more than that. Have you talked to the mayors in South Bend, Evansville, Fort Wayne, Gary? Are you going as a collective group going to do this to try to change the state law? And he said again, no, he does not have a coalition built. Are you Marion County resident? Yes, I okay, am. So let me ask Indianapolis. Both, let me ask. You know that I play gunshot or firework a lot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let me just think strategically here. To Sharif thinks by taking his past A rating with the NRA off the table, taking the gun 
side of it, basically mirroring Hogsett, that's something that Hogsett can't criticize him for anymore. We've got all this gun violence in the city at me. He wants more guns. He takes that angle off the table. Does that help his campaign at all? Well, I think there's a couple things in his plan that he really needs to focus on. Because at this point, if you're against him because of the gun bullet points, <laughs> joke there, uh, that he has in the plan, you're not going to like him anyway. So if he's lost that base of people and he's trying to reach out to more of these moderates, uh, maybe even some Democrats that he's got to pull over to his side to win, he needs to focus on some other things. And that is hiring a public safety director, something Hogg said, oh, we don't need that. I'll be the public safety director. Clearly, he's not good at that job. Uh, He has this mayor's night out plan. He should focus on that. But most importantly, if he really wants to make some traction, he needs to get out there with his messaging. Where was Hogsett on the night of the riots? Because I will be there. I won't leave you. Hogsett did. Nigel, I'm going to answer your question directly. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, Remind me again how many mass shootings have taken place during the NRA convention. Look at the crime numbers of when the NRA convention has been in Indianapolis the couple times that it's been. It's been pretty smooth sailing in downtown Indianapolis. And what I noticed today, Casey, Mm -hmm. was any time, whether it was you or Rob, that brought up the word pandering, Mm -hmm. he got really defensive. Mm -hmm. He got really defensive when the idea of pandering got brought up. Well, guess what he's doing right now? You are pandering to the people that probably hate your guts anyway. You've turned your back on law-abiding citizens, people like myself. And we played this clip earlier in the show, and I want to know if you caught this too. He goes on the record and says, we need WIBC listeners. Well, tell that to your chief advisor, who has been going on social media, Mark Lubbers, ripping WIBC, ripping the listeners, fighting with Guy Relford. Even Sharif took another shot at Guy Relford today. He did. He did. He came off and to Guy me texted today, Casey, me. Real quick. Yeah. He came off to me as somebody that was willing to say anything for the heat to die down. Yeah. And, you know, if he's trying to pull from those hogshead voters, is he selling out his own party to win? Well, let me. Uh, I, I haven't heard this call yet. Did, it's fantastic, Nigel. My, 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 my dad. He did leave a voicemail on your. You guys have a segment <laughs> you call voicemails, and you have a number. Mm-hmm. What's the number? It's three one seven. Oh my god, six eight four eight four four four. Oh, there you go. Okay, so my dad is a Marion County resident, lives downtown. I have not heard this yet. You guys played it today, so mm-hmm. this is the first time I'm hearing this. You'll be proud. Okay, here, Robin Casey. This is the first time I've ever left a voicemail. And uh, in, in full disclosure, I should let you know that I'm Nigel's dad. Uh-oh. <laughs> the reason for the voicemail is to give you my perspective on Shreve's position to ban assault rifles and, and constitutional carry. I'm qualified at some level to have an opinion because I live a block from your studio on the circle. I have a first-hand look at what happens in the city every day. When I heard Shree might have a chance to beat Hogshead, I was so excited I reached out to see if I could host a meet and greet to support him. But before I could put that together, I heard about his position on assault weapons and constitutional carry. Well, um, I no longer have an interest in a meet and greet, and here's why. I was home the night of the BLM riots. That night, hundreds of rioters not only broke out the windows and ransacked the restaurant in my building, but broke windows and came inside the entry to my home. Yep. Fortunately, they didn't climb the stairs of the home, but if they had, IMPD wasn't there. I'm sure my safety wasn't on Hogsett's mind. My only protection that night came from the weapons I legally choose to own. I guess Tree wants me to give some of those back. 
you know, also wants to limit my ability to carry a handgun. Maybe he should move to my block and see what life in India is really like before he makes policy decisions. If he was my neighbor over the last year, he'd have seen multiple murders within 100 feet of his home. Um, even a carjacking with a 70-year-old woman in the back seat steps from his front door. Mm-hmm. And uh, a grandmother with a grandchild robbed at night point next to his parked car. And those are just the highlights. Shreve's policy, I think, would take away my right to defend my home and life. And I think that idea sucks. But, hey, maybe I'm wrong. If Shreve's policies pass, the bad guys might hand over their assault rifles and not carry handguns anymore. <laughs> then I won't need mine. Yeah, right. It's time to move. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Wow, that's my dad. I'm mm-hmm. proud of the old man. Yeah, I'm um, with your dad on that, man. I'm 100% in support of your dad. And look, he's not a, a political guy. This is a, this is the the opinion of somebody that resides in the heart of downtown Indianapolis. Yeah. He, he and, and, and and he's seen what happens. He was here. Yeah, uh, that day uh, we also found out that his dad, my grandfather, died, hmm. passed away. He was actually pulling out of the garage and saw all the windows of the restaurant and his lobby blown out. So, yeah, he if anybody's qualified to have an opinion on this, it's my dad. Yeah. So, Casey, bring it full circle here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you take away from the interview? Did he do anything at all? To move to, the needle? To move the needle. I don't think so. Unfortunately, I think that he means well, and he seems like he's a smart, nice, reasonable person. Uh, However, I think that uh, his plan is turning off his base, and he lost the election because of it. And now he can use the state legislature as a scapegoat. Came off as a little phony to me. And whether that's him Mm -hmm. or his spokespeople, his Mm -hmm. advisors, Mm -hmm. the whole thing stinks to me. After after the interview, after we got off the air, he actually was asking for some advice from Rob and I, which I thought was really interesting because I think he is passionate. He does want to see Indianapolis become safe. But shouldn't he already have a plan, though, Casey? I know we're he running should. way late here, yeah, but and you're I, and running for the mayor of a city that's hosted a Super Bowl. And he you has, can't act like you don't know what you're doing. And that's what he said, that he's learning and he's listening, and we cannot afford to have someone who's going through on-the-job training as our mayor. They have to have the plan. They have to have the knowledge going in. Great job today, Casey. Thank you. Thank you. Casey Daniels, the Kendall and Casey show, 9 to noon, right here at 93 WIBC. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Nigel, Jason Hammer, right over there with a special guest of the DriveHubler.com hotline. She is the host of Tommy Laren is Fearless on Outkick. You can also find her on Fox News. Tommy Laren joins us. And Tommy, we got a number of different places we could begin here, but you put something on Twitter earlier, and I think it's a fascinating question. In lieu of what's happening with Hunter Biden right now, the plea deal starting to unravel, the questions around what What's going on? Would Hunter throw his old man, the big guy, under the bus to skate jail time? 
Oh, I 100% believe that he would. I mean, that would be very Hunter Biden of him to do so. Now, I don't think he would do it for, you know, just to get out of uh, a couple months in jail or a slap on the wrist. But I think if the man was facing some serious charges, some serious jail time, I think 100% he'd throw the old man under the bus. I mean, this is the kind of man that he is. He doesn't want to acknowledge his own daughter. He tried to skirt, you know, payments to the baby mama. So I don't think this man is necessarily family first if it doesn't benefit him. So I think that there is definitely a world where Hunter could sing like a canary. What do you think of the the breaking news today that that the judge basically threw out Hunter Biden's plea deal in return Hunter Biden's pleading not guilty uh, the judge apparently had an issue with some of the constitutionality of the gun charges the prosecution said there's still an ongoing investigation but wouldn't say what that involved and the judge denied Hunter immunity from future prosecution you're just overall take on on what's going on with that right now Well, first of all, good for this judge. I mean, I think we all expected some kind of a sweetheart plea deal, and it is still that, by the way. I mean, you can't get around that fact. But I think that the prosecution here, or excuse me, Hunter Biden's legal team here, they really have some balls, right, saying, hey, listen, we want pretty much immunity for life. You know, we're going to plea for this, and then you can't go after us for anything. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that's the way the justice system works. I mean, I know that there is a two-tiered system of justice, but they're acting for – quite a lot there. So, yeah, I'm glad that this this judge appears to be holding firm on that. And again, I think that the Biden family is just going to be unraveling in front of our very eyes. But the good news about this gentleman is despite everything that's happening, I don't know if you saw it, but yesterday Joe cured cancer. So that should be a saving grace for 2024. I mean, a lot of pay to play stuff. The man's got dementia, but he cured cancer. So we really can't overlook that. What do you say to people <laughs> that like even uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, on Hunter Biden? She's saying, well, look, he's a private citizen. This is a personal matter for the Bidens. Uh, that's all you have to say about that. Yeah, well, you notice that her semantics have changed and discussing this issue yes. quite noti- noticeably. Yes. The other day she said, never in business with. So instead of saying they didn't talk about it, right. there was no involvement, there was no uh, there was no discussion. Now it's just they were never in business. So now she's trying to change the definition of the word business before our very eyes. So pretty soon it's going to be, yeah, you know, they might have <laughs> talked about it. He might have been on the phone, but they didn't open like Joe and Sons down the street. So... <laughs> Yeah, technically they won't get Uh Tommy Laren joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Tommy, maybe it's because I've seen what's happened the last, you know, seven plus years with Donald Trump, where the media and the political left would say the walls are closing in. They're going to put Trump in prison and it's Russian collusion and it's hookers paying on Trump and it's all this other stuff. So I'm a little hesitant to say that the heat is on the Biden crime family right now but damn it sure does look like there's a lot of action and wheels in motion right now with this stuff yeah well make no mistake this isn't because this evidence just magically appeared i mean house oversight and others are doing a great job we've got two business associates that have spoken out whistleblowers etc but i don't credit 
even all of that for what appears to be the unraveling. I credit the DNC deciding they need to get rid of Biden and yeah. they, they don't want him as their nominee in 2024. So I think they're starting to realize that they have to kind of loosen up their grip on this story a little bit and let a little more get out there because I don't think they want to run the man in 2024, but they're not going to let it go full bore. They're not going to just let it rip because they have to get rid of the Kamala situation first because they're still looking at Joe, you know, falling asleep in his pudding and still thinking this is better than Kamala. So until you buy off Kamala and get her to step out, they can't let it all just crumble. But you're starting to see the making of the crumbling beginning. And I think that's a good sign. And how closely is your old buddy, your old Euchre partner, Gavin Newsom from California, (laughs) watching all of this unfold, Tommy? I think it's making him more excited than it's making me, honestly, to watch all this happen. He's just waiting. You know, this is Shark Week right now, and I said this the other day, but this is Shark Week, okay? And he's sitting there like a great white, and Joe Biden is a helpless seal, and he is just waiting for the moment where he can jump out of that water and get Joe, and I think that it's coming up sooner than later. I said earlier, I expect by Halloween, and I'm going to stick to that prediction. Do you think the Democrats, though, because it's the party of identity politics, do you think they would put up a, a rich, entitled uh, white man to uh, to represent them? Although, you know, they had a pretty diverse field in the Democratic primary in 2020, and they dwindled it down to a rich, entitled white man. So, yeah. so what do you think of, of that aspect of uh, the identity politics playing a role in who the Democrats choose if Biden steps down? Yeah, they're married to identity politics, but they're married to winning first and foremost. True. And I think that they know that if Kamala Harris was their nominee, that they would probably lose yep. to Donald Trump or to Ron DeSantis. So as much as they're married to that, I think that they their desire to win would uh, trump that, uh, no pun intended. But I'll also say this, if it is Gavin in order to overcome jumping over Kamala Harris, his running mate is going to have to be not only a person of color, not only a woman, but probably a trans woman, probably, you know, <laughs> a disabled trans woman illegal immigrant it's gonna have to be something that checks a lot of boxes to overcome that uh tommy laren with us the host of tommy laren is fearless on outkick tommy you made the move a couple years ago you went from california and you moved to nashville now nashville has been in the news for a number of different things over the last calendar year so anytime you join us i ask you this question is there any update on the Tranifesto, mm-hmm. the manifesto that this lunatic school shooter had that walked into the Nashville school and murdered innocent children. Any update on that? No, but the weird twist to all of this is that it's actually the school that's trying to keep this thing under wraps. So that's a, that's a very weird. I haven't quite figured out why they're working so hard to, to keep this from getting out to the public. But it's, it's actually the school that's working behind the scenes. So I'm not sure exactly what's in there, who it makes look bad, or what implications that people could draw from the manifesto. But I don't think we're ever going to say the thing, to be honest with you. I think it would take a lot to claw that out of whoever is holding it behind closed doors. I just don't think we're going to ever see it. Tommy Laren from OutKick and Fox News here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. One other thing I wanted to ask you about was this 
Uh, it's almost a like a pop culture phenomenon with uh, Jason Aldean in that music video. What's it called? What is it called? Try that in a small town. Try that in a small town where the music video basically depicts the the BLM riots of 2020 and people spitting in cops' face, people getting beat up by rioters. It, it has caused such an uproar to the left. Those those chicks on the views, all of their heads were spinning around on this. Why is that video such a um, such a you know such a, a controversial? Point, yeah. yeah, yeah, a trigger point for these people. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because they were all hoping that we would forget about the summer of love yeah. 2020. And so now that you bring up those images and, and people are looking at them, they're reminded of, oh, my gosh, remember when COVID took a hiatus for three weeks or a month so that people could go buck wild and loot and steal things and beat each other and, you know, burn communities to the ground? They were really hoping that we would forget about that. But unfortunately, we have not. And they they don't want those images to be resurrected. So that's why I believe that they are so upset with that music video. Now, I'm hearing that Jason Aldean is putting together like a new video for that song, removing some of the images, not all of them. Should he apologize in any way or edit that video in any way, Tommy? Well, here's the news that we got today, that there actually was about six seconds taken out of that video quietly. Now, from my understanding, it's not the Aldine team that did it. Apparently, some of those images from the riot season were copyrighted images or they weren't, you know, they weren't able to be used. Uh, so that's my understanding that the, a small portion of that video was already edited out. But I don't think it was Aldine caving to pressure. I think it was more of like a legal issue there. But, you know, he's not backing down from his sentiments, from the song, you know, We've seen that at concerts. He stood firm. And good for him. I'm glad that he is. We need somebody that's got a massive following like that to stand up because it sends a message. And it's the reverse of Bud Light. And you're seeing it with the success of the song. So I'm happy to see it. Tommy, what are you working on at OutKick? Well, my show tonight that's airing at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be talking, of course, all the latest on Hunter. I actually have the journalist that broke the Hunter Biden story, Emma Joe Morris. Oh, she's, she's awesome. Be on the show tonight. Love yeah, she's Emma fantastic. Jo. She's She's on the show tonight kind of breaking down the latest. And then uh, we're talking about how, the, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but since 2006, the IRS has spent over $35 million on uh, an arsenal of weapons and other military equipment. So we're going to dig into that tonight, Jeez. too. I've got uh, Adam from Open the Books on. And then a little final thoughts on some of the stuff that I've been talking to you guys about, the old Kamala situation. So that's tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. So- 7 o'clock tonight. Tommy Laren is fearless. Tommy, you're the best. Thank you. Uh, good to talk to you guys. Thanks so much. Ever and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer. How do we play Is This Anything? I'll run some stories by you. You tell us if those stories are anything or not. Is this anything? A school librarian from Arizona claims that his shoes melted (laughs) because he was helping students cross the road and it was so freaking hot that his shoes (laughs) melted. Wow. Here he is explaining what happened. Was crossing the students, crossing the parents, and all of a sudden, when I was done, I turn around. I'm sweating. I'm tired. I want to come in back to the library where it's nice and air conditioned. And as I'm walking back, I trip because this part of the shoe was like this. It looked like this. 
Well, dude, there's only one person to blame for your melted shoes. That's MAGA Trump supporters. <laughs> As Hillary Clinton would have you believe. Yeah, very hot in Arizona. Record-breaking temperatures. Uh, the heat continuing uh, above 110 degrees on some days. For I mean, Basically, for 25 consecutive days, it's been over 110. And you mean it's been hot in the desert in the you, summer? Uh, I know. Imagine that. And Damn fact, MAGA Republicans. You know, as a matter of fact, Arizona and Phoenix also put out, here's the latest commercial from their tourism board. Forget Hawaii or Italy. This summer's hottest vacation destination is Phoenix. <laughs> Championship golf. Minus water hazards because the pond's dried up. Phoenix. Kids can make asphalt castles from the ooze that once was paved road. Phoenix. Save money on suntan lotion since the flesh boils right off your body. Phoenix. Hikes without rattlesnakes, mountain lions, or buzzards. Because it's so hot, even they were like, screw this, I'm going to Albuquerque. Phoenix. Brought to you by the Phoenix Tourism Bureau. Or at least where it stood until the building burst into flames. Phoenix. Phoenix. Sounds pretty hot over there. You disgusting MAGA Republican. <laughs> you in your summertime. Is this anything? There's a beach in San Diego called La Jolla Cave, La Jolla Cove, rather, where it's built for people to come by and look at all the sea lions, right? Well, oh, I know where that's at. Yeah, I've seen that. So this past weekend, the sea lions got a little ticked off and started chasing people away. <laughs> A lifeguard noticed it and issued a warning that the sea lions have been known to uh, be a bit aggressive. like Thanksgiving at Rosie O'Donnell's house. <laughs> I was going to say the Democrats in the city county council when Hogsett speaks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems to me like animals these days. Because we had that uh, story about the study that was done that, um, that, that sharks are not likely to attack you if you leave it alone in the, in the water, right? But what constitutes you leaving it alone Be, just because by the very virtue of you being in the water you're bothering the shark right and i think it depends on the shark like we also have the story of the cocaine sharks yeah. if you just throw a brick of something that looks like blow in the ocean the sharks come and bite it now you, you gotta tell me that if that's a person they wouldn't do the same thing yeah exactly and the same with these sea lions you're in their territory this is their house and if you get too close you're gonna get chased down and I still don't have an update on the lion that's roaming around Berlin. <laughs> Holding people hostage, chasing the boar, which is also roaming <laughs> right. around Berlin. Uh, keeping it in the animal world here, is this anything? A woman in California took to TikTok to document a bear that got oh, into her no. car, ripped it apart, and took a big old poop. Here is Alejandra <laughs> Hernandez, who was at a bachelorette party 
when everything went down. There's a freaking bear in my car. No. There's a bear in my car. This bear is absolutely destroying the inside of my car right now. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We already called the fire department. Don't worry. (gasps) Oh. Yeah, they're real strong. Oh, my. She's just cleaning out the poop in my car. Fair <laughs> <laughs> poop. Job well done. Uh, but that stinks. Yeah, that's something. I mean, again, you're living or visiting or touring a place where there's a chance that a wild, man-eating, flesh-eating bear <laughs> could poop in your car. Right. I don't want to live anywhere near a place like that. No thanks. And I do have a little bit of an, of an update on the lion in Berlin. We had that update that the lion was chasing a wild boar through the streets of Berlin, Germany. Uh, according to this article from MSN, there was no lioness on the loose in the woods near Berlin. A first laboratory analysis of a fecal sample. They, they took a fecal sample of okay. whatever the animal left behind and says it may not be a lion that's the only update we have you know who would say that somebody who lost a lion somebody who (laughs) lost a lion would say no no there's no lion out here i don't know what you're talking about that big old thing of poop on the floor must be a deer it's the hammer and nigel show Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. Yeah, and our our guest earlier, Tommy Lahren, was right. I mean, the balls on Hunter Biden's lawyers. Like they want, they wanted. Yes, okay. Hunter's going to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax offenses, but we also want to immunize him from any future charges that may or may not land in his lap in the future. Full like, immunity. Any of those, you know, the stuff about that you're hearing in the news about the business dealings and the pay for play and the access to the big guy. We want to make sure we can get him immunized from that as well. The prosecuting, the prosecuting, the judge is like. Huh? Wait, <laughs> what? And at one point, the judge or, or somebody asked the prosecutor, hey, is there an ongoing investigation here that's separate from what we're doing today? Yes, there is, was the reply. And, and they the- tried to get immunity for everything moving forward. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Nice try. So, I mean, there could be a different deal tomorrow. Who knows? But now the... Uh, guilty plea to, and there was some issue with the constitutionality of the the gun charge there, right? A, as well. Um, so NBC's Tom Winters, he has been the guy that's been embedded with this story uh, in Delaware. He's going to try to explain this to you. Now, again, the bullet points are that sweetheart plea deal ain't going to happen, but there's a lot of other legal stuff in play here. The son of the president of the United States has just pleaded not guilty. Not guilty is what he has pleaded to. Wow. Uh, the judge here says that she will not accept or reject the plea agreement. She wants more information. Basically, excuse me, what she is asking for uh, is to determine whether or not it's appropriate for her to consider something in the uh, in the diversion program. This relates to the gun charge. So, yeah. as part of that agreement, effectively 
effectively what you have here is a, a provision which asks the court to weigh whether or not possibly Hunter Biden could be the per, could have violated his pretrial diversion agreement as it relates to the gun charge. What would happen, according to that agreement, is that the defense and the prosecution would have the opportunity to bring the facts to the court and for the court to determine whether or not there was a breach of that. Everybody got that? There's an awful lot to unpack right there. I've been watching a lot of the show Suits lately, so I feel like I'm a lawyer now, too. Well, sure. And I have no idea what some of that stuff means. Here he is trying to make more sense of it. If there is a breach, then the government could then move forward and prosecute Hunter Biden on the gun charge. What she says is, wait just a minute. I'm not somebody who normally has to consider those provisions. I normally don't see a pretrial diversion agreement. And now you're putting me in the position, possibly, of being the gatekeeper as to whether or not the Justice Department and the government files charges against Hunter Biden. Uh, That's not a situation from a separation of powers and a constitutionality. Uh, that we can, that, that she feels immediately uh, that she should be there, uh, that, that she should make a determination on. So that's what this hinges on. She also has some Rule 11 that's whether or not she can accept a guilty plea or not. And there's different uh, versions of that uh, where either she just kind of effectively rubber stamps an agreement or whether or not she can challenge a plea agreement and determine whether she wants to accept it or not. Slow down. Well, at one point, the judge, so so the judge asked the prosecution, which is this wise guy, Leo Wise, if there was an ongoing investigation still going on behind the scenes. And he said, yes, but I can't tell you what the investigation is. And then the judge asked if the government could potentially bring a charge related to the the Foreign Agents Registration Act. That's FARA. That's where you have to, re- if you're lobbying for a foreign entity right. on behalf of them in the United States, you have to register. And the prosecutor said, yes, there could be a potential charge there as well. Uh, and at that point, the, you know, Hunter's defense said, yeah, there's no deal. So All right. <laughs> there's an awful lot to unpack right there. And if you're Hunter Biden, none of it was good today. None of it was good today. But yeah, before still- anybody starts, you know, getting ready for a Hunter's going to jail parade tomorrow, this judge could come back and say something totally different. I mean, this thing is still going on. There are still moving pieces here. And this is a mess. And it's slowly getting unpacked. And once again, I'll say this slow for the people that have been still hitting me up on Twitter. And I'll say it loud for the people in the back. This is not about Hunter Biden. He's the one on trial here. But it's all about Joe Biden. It's all about the big guy and the Biden crime family. So please stop with your tweets of, well, Hunter's not an elected official. I can't wait until they impeach Hunter. The stupidest people alive are the people that put that on Twitter. Yeah. Because it's not even about Hunter. This is about higher on in the food chain. And these never Trumpers, Biden worshipers don't want to hear that. Uh, The brother of Aaron Hernandez arrested over an alleged school shooting plot, Nige. 
So it runs in the family. Wow. DJ Hernandez, the older brother of former NFL tight end Aaron Hernandez, who got locked up for murder and then ultimately died in jail. The brother DJ is in custody for planning a school shooting. Wow. He was arrested last week in Bristol, Connecticut, which is the hometown of ESPN. Uh, police say that they had to use a stun gun after he threatened to kill officers. A woman close to DJ Hernandez said that he had driven to the University of Connecticut and Brown University campuses to map this whole thing out. And it happened the same day that he missed this court date for throwing a brick through a window of ESPN's campus back in March. <laughs> so the Hernandez brothers, boy, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, right? Like these well, two guys. I mean, did you see the Netflix special? Was that was it one documentary or was it? Uh, it's a series that comes series. out August 22nd. So we still got. No, 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 no. The Aaron Hernandez. Oh, that. Yes. Yeah. The Netflix. Yes. That was wild. I thought you meant the upcoming Netflix special about that Florida Gators team with Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez, Riley no. Cooper. Killer Inside, the mind of Aaron Hernandez. It came out uh, beginning oh, of yeah. 2020. Yeah, that dude was that messed was, up. It was crazy. And if you watched that documentary, you already know a little bit of what Aaron's recruiting trip to Florida was oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. A big brawl, may or may not have ripped off somebody's ear. <laughs> uh, I mean, that Gators team, and again, I can't wait for this new series to come out August 22nd. You've got violent, crazy-ass Aaron Hernandez. You've got the poster boy, allegedly for everything good and right, Tim Tebow. Riley Cooper, who may have some racial tendencies. The Pouncey brothers, who had their run-ins with trouble. I mean, that Gators team, they won. They won back-to-back championships, and Tim Tebow won a Heisman, but that that was a wild group. And I'm hearing this documentary that comes out August 22nd is going to be really, really good. I want to see the, the quarterbacks thing, too, on Netflix. Is I that, love it. Have you been it. watching it? Yeah. Is it just released one at a time, or is it I've is it watched the first three episodes. Okay. Um, I don't know how many are out right now, but it's, you know, it's, unfiltered. It's Peyton Manning production, basically, yeah. right? If you like hard knocks, you'll like this quarterback series because your image of Patrick Mahomes is like this, you know, corporate spokes guy, you know, he's always smiling, he knows the right things to say, but they've got him mic'd up during games. There's some filth, florn, florn, so it, filth. So it follows him during the season. Yes. It's other quarterbacks as well. It's uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, okay. and Marcus Mariota of the Falcons. So there's something similar uh, involving golf, I believe, that my wife and I watched. We really enjoyed Full Swing. Okay. Followed several golf golfers. Yeah, I like that behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff, yeah, man. I think it's pretty good. good. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, man, we got a feud. This one is... Um, it's surprising, and it's not. Tucker Carlson versus Mike Pence. This has been lingering for a little while. Seems like it. I, I didn't really know about this until, well, I mean, like, and we'll play some clips here for you if you remember the interview Tucker did with uh, Mike Pence uh, at that presidential forum a couple of weeks ago. But this is from a forthcoming biography of Tucker Carlson. Chadwick Moore 
wrote this biography. It's just called Tucker. Uh, and Chadwick Moore is an author and a commentator who has been on Tucker's program many times. I really want to read the book. I can't wait to read it. So it, it basically recounts of Carlson's dealings with, with Pence. Carlson, Tucker reportedly saying, quote, I've been around him a lot and I've always felt that he was a totally sinister figure, craven and dishonest. Everything about Pence is false. We should play a game. Tucker's book or Rob Kendall? We're going to give you the quote about Mike Pence. You tell us if it's from Tucker Carlson or Rob Kendall. Okay, quote. He purposely sabotaged the Trump administration over the entire course of his tenure. Insubordination campaign went into overdrive during the COVID hysteria era when he stood up the infamous White House Coronavirus Task Force and delivered unprecedented power to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Again, that's a quote uh, supposedly acclaimed from Tucker Carlson in his upcoming biography. I'm wondering if any of these candidates lined up for the first presidential debate are going to go after Donald Trump, whether he's there or not, on his handling of COVID and why you did not fire Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Because even if you're a big Trump supporter, and I voted for Donald Trump twice, that's a mistake, man. You had to have blown out Fauci. And let's go back to Tucker v. Mike Pence here. That candidate forum in Iowa was a disaster for Mike Pence on something that he should be the expert on, religious liberty. On this question, it's very clear that the Zelensky government has arrested priests for having views they disagree with. That's not consistent with religious liberty. It's an attack on it, and we're funding it. And I'm just wondering how is it, and I don't mean to be disrespectful at all, but I sincerely wonder how a Christian leader could support the arrest of Christians for having different views. Well, what, what, what I can tell you is I asked the Christian leader in Kiev if that was in fact happening, and he assured me that it was not. People were not being persecuted for their religious beliefs. Now, he, he said let me, no let me, let me been been take a break here. I know we disagree on this strongly, but I, I respect your right to your opinion on Ukraine, and I trust you'll respect mine. And I believe that it is in the interest of the United States of America to continue to give the Ukrainian military the resources that they need to repel the Russian invasion and restore their sovereignty. You could hear that little... A little booze in the crowd yeah, there. little boo birds coming out right there toward the end of that. I mean, yeah, Pence, another blank check guy when it comes to Ukraine. Here's a little bit more of that tense little back and forth between Tucker and Mike Pence. Would you, may, may I ask, would, would you be, and I, I believe you have a good faith position on this, and we have disagreements on it, but I want to just, I, I can't let you elide over the question of the treatment of Christians. And I, I know, I, I heard and that would again. would you be, well, no, but hold on, would you, you be would you problem be is willing? you don't accept my answer. I just told you that I asked the religious leader in Kiev if it was happening. You asked me if I raised the issue, and I did. And I'm saying I also raised it with the incorrect. Ukrainians, and I was told that there are, don't you think. Let me explain to you what I think our national interest is there. I would think you would have greater concern for religious liberty in Ukraine. 
and I'm surprised. I, I by told your you answer. I raised the issue of religious liberty. No, you spoke to one person who's clearly I didn't on say one I side one. of it, and there are many, many news reports that are not disputed by anybody that right. many clergy have been arrested in Ukraine. And I'm merely saying I may not agree with their views. I'm not Russian Orthodox, but you can't arrest clergy for having different views. Period. Because if you do, you violate the basic tenet of. Look, I, I won't look. I want to be clear with you. I won't stand by it. I won't stand for it. We were literally a couple seconds away from Mike Pence going full office space. I work with people. <laughs> Why can't you see that? I got people skills. I'm good at dealing with people. I what the was, hell's the matter with you? I bet he was wishing for the fly to, to <laughs> land back on to land back on his hair. Uh, uh, like man. that would have you know given a good distraction. I hate that damn fly because it took away the fact that Mike Pence dusted Kamala Harris oh, yeah. in that debate. Oh, yeah. On policy, on actual things that matter, he wiped the floor with her. But all people wanted to talk about was that <laughs> damn fly that landed on his white Q-tip head. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Hello, everybody. My name is Nigel. That's Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. He normally joins us on Monday. It's Monday Gun Day, but in lieu of recent events, we thought an encore performance was needed from Guy Relford to a attorney, firearms instructor, and host of the Gun Guy program. All right, Guy, you've had a couple hours to take in what was said by Jefferson Shreve with Kendall and Casey earlier today. Your name was brought up at one point. We'll play that soundbite coming up in just a moment. But first, your overall impression of Jefferson Shreve. Well, I, I was uh, I was disappointed, to be honest with you, um, in uh, what was and wasn't talked about. I thought it was a missed opportunity. But um, at the same time, I think what we heard is that he's totally bought into this gun control uh, proposal that he's talking about where he basically just copied from Joe Hogsett and and he's saying oh no this is this is legit this is really part of my platform uh, I'm a, I'm behind it 100% and it was unapologetic unapologetic about that and um, you know and I think Republican uh, voters and and every voter in Marion County ought to take that into consideration but um, I was disappointed that we get, didn't get into some of the tougher issues for instance you know, why would a, a violent criminal uh, suddenly give up their life of crime or stop uh, their propensity uh, to commit violent crimes in Marion County simply because Jefferson Shreve would pass an ordinance that could find them? Right. I At think Casey point, did bring uh, Casey, that up. Casey brought yeah. that up. Casey did bring yeah, that up. Casey, but we didn't get a good that, answer from it from Shreve. He kind of danced around yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, Casey tried to ask him about that, and, and, and it got cut off. But at any rate, I— I was a little disappointed in it overall, but, you know, in, in, in terms of the reference to me, and you guys will play that clip, um, he had no substantive defense to my criticisms that I've been very, very vocal about uh, on the radio, on your show, on my show, on social media. Uh, all, all he seemed to want to imply is that I'm, I don't deserve to have an opinion 
because I only work in Marion County. I don't live in Marion County. Right. So let's play some sound bites here. And I'm going to start with the million dollar question. Why gun control? By conversations with our police leadership. So I've, I've campaigned in the primary and I'll continue to campaign on being supportive of our police community. Uh, look, so, so, the, so the IMPD is telling you this is what you need to do to make Indianapolis safer. This is a combination of all of those conversations that I talked about at the front end of, this, of, of our visit here uh, in and around the nine townships of Indianapolis. But So, Guy, according to Jefferson Shreve, this gun control plan is what pretty much all of the police officers want. I have spoken to a lot of officers that are out there on the front lines right now. This has never been a factor for them. It's a total nothing burger. What about you? Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, yeah, if you go to the brass of IMPD, and we've been talking about this for years, you go to the brass of IMPD and, you know, should only police officers carry guns or should law-abiding citizens carry guns too? What do they always say? Oh, well, only officers should carry guns. You, you go to the rank and file um, what do they say? They said, look, you can pass all the laws you want to, and the criminals carrying guns on the street are going to continue to carry guns on the street. And it makes no sense to make law, law-abiding private citizens defenseless against armed criminals. And that's exactly what this proposal tries to do. And you know what? We, we, we defeated all these arguments in the General Assembly last year. Yeah, we had IMPD, and yeah, we had Doug Carter, who, again, I have a lot of respect for, come in and argue against us. And we, we with logic and statistics, we were able to completely blow those arguments out of the water. But Jefferson Shreve, as a Republican, let's, let's always remember that, as a Republican, doesn't want to listen to rank-and-file police officers who know that's a joke, and that he doesn't want to listen to law-abiding private citizens who refuse to be disarmed in the in the in the idea that somehow that promotes public safety here is the moment where your name was brought up earlier today guy tools and accommodations that i am going to argue for that i think are specific to the challenges that we have right here at home and you know zinesville is a world apart a, a, a guy Rilford, uh, whom I don't know personally, but I certainly respect, it lives up in Zionsville. My sister lives in Zionsville. The challenges of public safety in Zionsville are a world apart from other parts of this city. And as a mayoral candidate, I tell you what, I have been in parts of this city that are just so different in terms of what folks have to contend with as they send their kids out the front door. So I guess I'm confused on what he's trying to accomplish there. Are you not allowed to have an opinion on constitutional rights if you live in Zionsville, Guy? Well, yeah, and and let's keep in mind that no matter where you live, and yes, I live in Zionsville, no matter where you live, when you come to Marion County, you're subject to the laws of Marion County. So whatever laws he wants to pass, in, or ordinances, he can't pass a law, whatever ordinances he wants to pass in Marion County, I'm subjected to when I come to Marion County. Where do I spend the majority of my time when I'm a lawyer in court, Marion County? Where did I spend all morning this morning? In the Marion County Superior Court in Marion County. Where do I do my, my radio show from? On Monument Circle, right there in the same studio where you guys are. So all the time I spend in Marion County, I'm subjected to Marion County laws. Where did I get accosted by a, a violent, threatening 
uh, homeless guy that was on Monument Circle in Marion County. So to say that I'm somehow out of touch and I'm not, I don't even deserve to have an opinion on the laws in Marion County is completely ridiculous to me. And is this guy so out of touch that he doesn't understand that there are hundreds of thousands of people who daily go into Marion County that are subjected to the potential violence in Marion County. And oh, by the way, people that don't live in Marion County who may want to go to Marion County to go to downtown, like we've all done for years from surrounding communities, to go to, to theater, to go to, to bars or restaurants, to go to other to sporting events in Marion County. Does he not understand that we have an investment in safety and the laws of Marion County, because we visit Marion County, we do our jobs in Marion County. I mean, Nigel lives in Zionsville, where I live. Nigel, where do you spend 60 hours a week or more? Marion County. Yeah, not you only that, my, my family, my oh, dad no. lives in a centrally located spot in uh, downtown Indiana. Or, I'm sorry, downtown exactly. Indianapolis. Exactly. So the idea that, oh, no, um, he's out of touch. You know, I, I guess he thinks I just lock myself in the basement in Zionsville every day, and I have no idea what's going on anywhere else. But I, I, I work in Marion County. I'm employed by an employer in Marion County, namely same radio station where you guys work, and I don't have an opinion. It's ludicrous. And what that is, is it's, a, it's a cowardly attempt to duck my substantive criticism. Why does he come out and say, hey, look, here's all the things guys said on social media or on his show or on Hammer and Nigel's show. Here's why Guy's wrong. He just says, oh, no, Guy lives in Zionsville, so he's not entitled to an opinion. That's a coward, and that's not the kind of person we ought to be voting for. Uh, Guy Relford here. Guy, I know you – let's pivot while we still got you on the phone here. Just real quick, I wanted to get your opinion on this Hunter Biden plea deal and how it fell through. Hunter Biden pleading not guilty – uh, as that 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 sweetheart plea deal fell through at the uh, during the Delaware court appearance, um, I think he was going to plead guilty on misdemeanor tax fraud charges. There was a gun charge in there that there was some question there, and then I think the lawyers, <laughs> I think Hunter's lawyers wanted complete immunity from any future <laughs> charges that that might come down the pike. Um, is there something I'm missing here? What what exactly happened today? I know you I know you concentrate mainly on the Second Amendment, but as a lawyer, what do you what do you see happening? Well, no, I mean this is right in my wheelhouse because first of all, there is a gun charge. Defended yeah. one of the exact charges that he was pleading to, which is lying on a 4473 form. Which, by the way, the maximum penalty for that under federal law is 10 years in federal prison. And I've I've defended clients in federal court on exactly that charge, and to get. Out of that, essentially, with a misdemeanor or, or even a diversion agreement where you're, it's going to be wiped off your record, that is incredibly rare, especially when it, where there's an administration that's talking about being, quote-unquote, tough on gun crime. Well, the, the first son committed a gun crime, and we're talking about turning our back on that. But here's, where, here's what really caught my attention, guys, and here's what nobody's talking about. Because exactly as you said, the judge asked, would this— Would this insulate Hunter from prosecution for future crimes? But here's the specific question she asked, according to the report on NBC that I I, I read today when I got out of court. And that is, would this protect him from prosecution against failure to register as a foreign agent? She asked about that specifically. And his defense team said, oh, yes, it would. And the prosecutor said, oh, no, it wouldn't. But let's, let's just take one layer off that onion, which is... What is that charge? That's accepting money from a foreign government 
to influence the United States government. That's what requires you to yeah. register as a foreign agent. Yeah, to so lobby he, for a foreign country. So if he got money from, oh, say, Ukraine or a Ukrainian oil and gas company, Burisma, and he was being paid to influence the American government, who would Hunter Biden influence in the American government? His dad. His dad. <laughs> the big guy. So, so what we're talking about is if he got paid by Burisma as a, as a totally corrupt effort to influence his dad, then that's failure to 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 uh, register as a foreign agent. That's what the judge asked about today, and and suddenly everybody's looking at 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 the potential to start investigating those issues because this plea deal was rejected that's huge that's huge and who knows where that goes once that gets subject to discovery suddenly the the the, the government it, it, assuming they're ever willing to starts going into the details of that money and where it went and what hunter did to influence the united states government by her bringing up failure to register as a foreign agent that's a huge issue that has implications for the biden crime family he is a 2A attorney at law, a Zionsville resident. That is Guy <laughs> Relford. Guy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Started with the whisper. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. What do we have? Some calls coming in. Reaction to Jefferson Shreve. Big interview earlier today on WIBC. Chris, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. What do you think? Hi, how you doing? Uh, Great. I, I, I was just gonna, I was just going to say that uh, <clears throat> I know Jeff Jefferson Shreve. He he kind of stabbed us in the back, but uh, who who else do you vote for? <laughs> right, it's either Hogshead or Shreve. Yeah, it's a total douche or a turd situation, like <laughs> South Park episode once taught us here. Right now. You can say, I'm throwing my vote away, and that's fine. I'm writing in Abdul. Because as much as I despise Joe Hogsett, Boss Hogsett, Shreve doesn't want the votes of people like me, gross, disgusting, law-abiding citizens who appreciate the Second Amendment. I just when I hear you say that though, uh, like I, I cringe because I know that Joe Hogshead is doing like a Kurt Gibson fist pump in celebration. I got news you for know? you, Nige. He was gonna win anyway. Yeah, it's Marion County. I mean, look at the blowout that Ryan Mears had against Cindy Carrasco. It was a blowout. Yeah. Ryan Mears is a total turd. Even Joe Hogsett will say Ryan Mears is a turd. Imagine being the turd in a two-person room that features you and Joe Hogsett. <laughs> That's where we're at with this guy, and he won in a landslide. That's why it's, you know, I'm I writing know. in Abdul at this point. Mike, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Hey, guys. All right, first off, I was really holding out hope that he might do something, and then he screwed the pooch when he didn't. However, the one thing that really got me was when Casey or Rob won asking, what do you think it was going to make a 15-year-old carrying a gun worry about you finding them if they get caught? And his only answer was, they're going to have to. Right. Really? Who, what are you going to do, send them to bed without dinner? I mean, seriously. Yep, I caught that as well. Thank you. Uh, we've got another Mike standing by. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Uh, my comments on Jefferson Schriever, you know, the first time I seen that son of a gun on TV with that 
seventh grade haircut of his. I thought, man, that guy's not right. Something's wrong. Something's up. Um, but you know, to to just totally disrespect the intelligence of anybody that has the opportunity to vote for the mayor of Minneapolis. This guy, he shouldn't get one vote, in my opinion, because you know he he kind of he's a split between Joe Hogsett. And our governor, Holcomb. Right. And that's a bad, bad match right there. You're right. Thank you, Mike. And again, this election for the mayor in Indianapolis, I don't like it any more than you guys do. I really don't. There was nobody that was ready to support Jefferson Shreve more than I was, but he doesn't want the support of people like myself. Uh, Larry, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Hey, I think this is the best move that Shreve could make, and I'm certainly going to vote for him. Both of them know that this is not going to happen, right? But if it would happen, Shreve would have the most opportunity to get it done since he is a Republican. So I think that Shreve is uh, taking food off his table by going along with what he's saying. That takes that issue off the table right now. Yeah, that's what I was and saying earlier. It's not going to happen, so it's a brilliant move, and I'm going to vote for Shreve because we have to uh, think about what Joe Hawk that done to our city, how he slept while our city was burning downtown because he didn't want to be considered racist. I think the Shreves is going to win this gun issue. We know that's a non-issue. So uh, he's just playing fighting fire with fire. That's what he's doing. All right. Thank you, Larry. And I hear the argument of, well, he's going to have to win over some Democrats. You're right. He totally does to win in Marion County right now. It's 60% Democrats to 40% Republicans. Republicans in Marion County. But do you crap all over your existing base to do that? It's that plus minus that Abdul was talking about uh, last week. Uh, let's go to John. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. You know, after Jefferson Street's performance this morning on a candle in Casey, he needs to be on the next Indianapolis Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> so he danced around every single question. Yeah, there was a lot of that, and that's a political move. I mean, you're going to see Republicans, Democrats, everybody do that. But, yeah, this was hyped up as he was coming into the lion's den. You know, we've been so critical of Jefferson Shreve, and I thought Rob and Casey did a good job in asking questions, but there was a lot of uh, dancing around with the answers. You're right there, John. Uh, we're going to give the last word here to Josh. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, guys, I uh, voted for Abdul, but I think Shreve is really an undercover Democrat. I mean, he talks bad about Guy Relford, but he barely lives in Marion County. Barely. Yeah. Shreve? Yeah, he's in the middle, I've heard, Meridian Kessler area. Right. Some, and, fat, some fat pad. I'm sure there's <laughs> gates around that, that house. His advisor, uh, this lover's cat, constantly ripping on WIBC, the listeners of this radio program, the hosts here, but then Shreve goes on today, we need the WIBC listener. Well, which is it? Which one of you is full of crap? Which one of you is a phony? Is it both of you? That seems like it could be an option. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. Hammer's right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. He is an investigative reporter for the Daily Signal. Tony Kennett joining us. Tonus, let's begin with uh, the big interview that Kendall and Casey had with Republican Jefferson Shreve <laughs> earlier today. Did you catch any of it? Yeah, I did. I, I sat there as I was uh, moaning under the annoyance of the Department of Education conference that they're holding today. <laughs> and I tuned in to watch little Jeff give his, his best pitch as to why he's totally not insane. Yeah, the takeaway that I got from the whole thing, and I listened to it from the beginning until the end, was that, number one, he got really defensive when you bring up pandering. Like when Robert Casey would bring up the word pandering, he got really defensive. And two, he was trying to play this whole, well, by golly shucks, I'm still learning. I'm learning on the job. That's not what I want to hear from somebody trying to take over my city, which is a major city. You know, I've, I've talked about this before because there's a, a big guy in, in education. His name is James Lindsay, and he is pro-choice, and I am pro-life. And I also realize that I'm young, and I'm still learning a lot about many things in the world. I have not attained all, as Scripture says. And yet when I'm talking to him, my core principles don't change based on what he likes. I don't suddenly switch to being pro-choice when I talk to him because even though I don't know everything, my core principles that I believe that God govern the world are still the same. In the Republican Party, the Second Amendment is sacrosanct because it is what the founders tried to preserve, which is the individual's defense against tyranny, both foreign and domestic. That's, by the way, where the enemy's foreign and domestic part of oaths to take office comes from. So for Shreve to give the old shucksy doodles, well, I'm just learning. I'm not pandering. I, th- I really thought that that was going to help. Are you serious? How absolutely stupid and arrogant do you have to be to believe that one of the core foundations of conservatism in the Republican Party are not useful for your campaign for governing in a city where law-abiding citizens need guns in order to defend themselves? Does this take... Uh, something off the table, a criticism off Hogshead's table for him to go at Sharif for. So, in other words, you, you know, their campaign, uh, Hogshead's campaign manager it was quoted as saying something, I'm going to paraphrase here. He's saying, like, well, look, this guy was, uh, you know, had the A rating from the NRA a couple of years ago. And now he comes out and says this. He was either misleading somebody then or misleading you now. I think, I think it was kind of a win for Hogshead's campaign in a way, wasn't it? First of all, Hawk said it's completely right. And actually, to amend, he got an AQ rating from the NRA, which means uh. that at one point, and I have, I have seen this questionnaire, that, ha- that, uh, excuse me, that Shreve sat down, took the NRA's questionnaire, and said that he firmly believed and supported in the Second Amendment and the universal right of all citizens of the United States to hold firearms, and especially rifles, uh, in order to maintain their liberties. And Hawk said right. He flip-flopped. And this is what I've heard from individuals in in the Indiana GOP, certainly on the ground, a couple of friends in the Marion County GOP who told me, well, he's better than Hogsett. Here's my question to that. How do you know? How do you know? Mm. 
How do you? I mean, he literally just flipped on one of the largest principles and pillars of conservatism. How do you know when he gets into office, he won't change on a whole bunch of other stuff? Hogsett has a point. He's either misleading someone before or now, at least with Hogsett, as much as I hate him. And Hammer, you and I have that together. We cannot stand this fool who was responsible for so much violence in what used to be a beautiful city. At least Hogsett is very honest about what he believes and doubling down on the stupidity of it. You and I have no idea what Sharif believes because he just proved he has no beliefs. He goes with the wind. So, Tony, one of the things that Nigel and I take pride in on this show is we don't want to be friends with any of these people. I think that's why this show is successful. We don't have to worry about hurting the feelings of the Republicans or the Democrats. We're brutally honest here. So, my question to you is Jefferson Hogsett, and that's what I'm calling him, Jefferson Hogsett getting bad advice from his advisors, or is he just full of crap? Both. And here's why. All of these political campaigns who hire these massive, big corporate, uh, partisan specialty advisory groups that come out of big cities and come out from the East Coast, and they look at Indianapolis like it's a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet and like give you this mathematical way to run a campaign. You know what's happening to those campaigns? They're dying. I mean, we can talk about all of the different ways that Trump screwed up campaigns from the populist side in 2022, but in 2022, establishment races also lost big in key red states because this old idea of looking at everyone like they're a bunch of numbers and adjusting your policies based on what you think is going to win the election has become incredibly distasteful in the mouths of everyday Americans, especially Hoosiers. You think that some Hoosier who goes to work and come home, comes home every day wants to hear the mathematical analysis of why we need to ban his Second Amendment rights? No, he wants to be left alone from the government and he wants the police and the mayor to do their damn job. He's not interested in a bunch of this nonsense. So I think it's both. Shreve chose to hire people who are stupid and who make stupid decisions. And, well, now he's he's suffering from it. But... He also has been planning this for like a month. I talked to people from inside his campaign who are unhappy with Shreve and who told me very overtly that he had been planning this entire thing like two, three, four weeks before he made the announcement while he was still going around telling everyone that he was pro 2A. So the dude's a liar and a coward. Speaking with Tony Kennett here, uh, investigative reporter for The Daily Signal, former educator, uh, STEM administrator uh, at IPS in that school system there. You, you, I think you briefly mentioned it at the beginning of this segment. You, are, are you, you're not at the Department of Education's summit, are you? Are you, are you covering that? What's going on there? What is that? So uh, the Biden administration, in the wake of the Supreme Court ruling that says universities are no longer allowed to factor a person's skin color into the admissions process, uh, the Biden administration is hosting a, uh, they call it like some equity equality summit in admissions, oh, some boy. kind of something yeah. for the Department of Education. It's, it's wild, guys. I mean, I've heard some things from some of the <clears throat> quote unquote experts that they've ponied up that have said crazy, crazy things. I mean, one lady who, by the way, is not a, a teacher. She doesn't have classroom experience like, like I do. When I report on education, you know that I actually know what I'm talking about. This is just some USA Today journalist from Hawaii with a BS in journalism, and I do mean a BS. <laughs> and uh, she kind of got in front of everyone and got all passionate and said that, you know, this entire country was just built on all of these racist systems, and what we really need to do is 
remove the barriers so that every kid gets accepted to any college they apply for. <laughs> participation trophies. <laughs> wow. Right. Harvard that, and Yale now dishing out participation trophies. You know, so I got I worked really hard to get the offer of admission for West Point. I was Mike Pence's last uh, appointment to West Point before he ran for governor, and I busted my tail to get that uh, recommendation. And if this entire new strategy opens up where it's just accept every kid always, I mean, can you imagine our military academies just accepting whoever because it's a big, expensive education? I mean, good no. God. The, the meritocracy in this country is directly under attack. They're also saying that equity is very expensive, so I love that the new strategy is going to be give us more money because that's what universities need with their skyrocketing tuitions is more money. So, Tony, and at this convention crazy. that you're at, this education convention for diversity and equity, uh, I know this may be a long answer from you, but I am a white male. What am I responsible for? What things have I been blamed for at this convention that you're at? Well, the really long answer is yes. You have done everything, Jason Hammer. You live and subsist in a country where you have done everything wrong. Everything in this country yep. was built for you. And uh, by the way, that's actually called critical race theory, uh, which states that everything that has ever been done in this country is a result of and a goal towards white supremacy. So, you terrible evil man with your SAT scores. By the way, there were several people saying the SAT is systemically racist. Uh, oh, which man. is, I mean, again, that's new. I mean, the SAT <laughs> everything's racist. The test, but like, it's not racist. It's just poorly written. Incredible. I see a post from the Indiana Department of Health on Twitter at State Health IN. I'm going to read this to you word for word. Quote. Join the Indiana Department of Health next week at the 2023 Breastfeeding Conference for a day of learning, networking, and connection. Hear dynamic speakers. Take valuable knowledge back to your community to support chest feeding and breastfeeding families. Register today. <laughs> What's the difference, Tony, between breastfeeding and chest feeding? I'm afraid I already know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. Well, as a former anatomy and physiology teacher, and also as someone who studied specifically OBGYN pre-med when I was in, in my undergraduate, there's this really crazy, probably unheard of <laughs> bit of science that we know, in which breasts, which are hanging off the front of a female, those produce milk. Huh. And the the chest, which you can find on a man, or pecs if you have an ounce of muscle, which let's face it, none of these dudes do, they don't <laughs> produce milk. However, the CDC says that if you give a guy medical promide, which is an anti-nausea drug that has also been used to remedy uh, mothers who perhaps don't produce enough milk for their kids, especially in situations of, of twins or triplets, it can actually stimulate a man's nipples, is a sentence I've never thought I would say, <laughs> stimulate a man's nipples to produce water, sweat, oil, and also the drug medical promide, so it's kind of dangerous for the kid. I got nipples, Tony. Way, can you milk me? <laughs> I have not heard a quote from that movie in ever, and I appreciate that's from Meet the Parents, right? Yeah. Correct. Gaylord Fokker speaking with uh, Robert De Niro. I have, I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? So, so did they, so they, uh, it's my understanding that they deleted that tweet, right? 
They did. There was a lot of, of blowback, shockingly, because, you know, here in, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Indiana is typically a red state. We have a Republican governor and a Republican supermajority in both houses. And so one would think that perhaps that kind of insane, all-scientific, uh, transgender-affirming nonsense that absolutely has no place in medicine or biology, we wouldn't, you know, put up with that. So they deleted the tweet because everyone started to pile on, well, except for the gubernatorial candidates, but, you know, they're too busy being blocks of wood. But the State Department, they removed it. I have a question for Governor Holcomb. Uh, if he could maybe take, you know, five minutes away from planning his his golf trips and his trips around the world to the Middle East to talk about climate, whatever, maybe he could appoint a state health commissioner, since, you know, that's his job, that passed ninth grade biology. I, I would be happy to tutor someone on the side if they need to know that men can't produce milk and women can. I mean, how demeaning to the Hoosier women that we have. Well, look, I, I mean, Tony, if Joe, if Joe Biden can cure cancer, then certainly men <laughs> oh men can God. produce milk. We got about uh, got about a minute left here. Joe Biden again saying that they, well, they cure cancer. He's uh, cured it. He wasn't going done. to cure it. It's done. No more cancer. <laughs> Right. And the uh, the White House has since gone back and said that, well, what he actually said, even though you can hear on the video that he said uh, we have ended cancer like nothing before we've ended it, like he has said that it's done. Uh, but they've gone back and they've said, well, he's actually saying that we can cure cancer, which, by the way, we can't. Um, cancer is not like a, a virus or a bacteria. You can't just snap your fingers and cure it. Uh, but anywho, of course, that doesn't matter to the administration. It's someone who's had the misfortune of watching someone with advanced dementia all the same patterns are here the president clearly has dementia and uh, all i can say is uh i have the utmost disgust for his colleagues his friends and his family for pushing that man up on the world stage and letting him humiliate himself and the nation he's supposed to be leading it's, it's disgusting got about 15 seconds here tony what are you working on at the daily signal you know, everyone can't stop being stupid, so I'm uh, I'm reporting on it. You should follow me on Twitter, at TheTonis, and uh, follow my work over at The Daily Signal. Tony Kennett, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. It's The Hammer and Nigel Show.